You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America, on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. Well, you came here for the Trump interview, so let's get to it, shall we? Rob, I have President Trump on the line. Very good. Mr. Mr. President, it's an honor and a privilege to have you on my show. Thank you so much for finding me. I love your show, and I love your humor. I think you're great. And your politics, too, by the way, but your humor is so great, so... That is the greatest compliment I could ever imagine. Uh, yesterday, oh, really thank you, sir. In the uh, oversight committee yesterday, Christopher Ray was being grilled by Republicans. And uh, I, if I may, um, Matt Gates quoted a quote from Hunter Biden to a Chinese official. He said, I'm sitting here with my father. I'd like to understand why the commitment has not been fulfilled. I will make certain that uh, between the man sitting next to me and every person who knows my ability to hold a grudge, uh, that you will not re- uh, regret not following my direction direction. Um, what would happen in the mainstream media if that text was from your son Eric to you while you were the president? Well, they would have been arrested immediately. Uh, they would have made a deal out of it, the likes of which uh, it should be made a deal out of, by the way, because it's extortion. I mean, yeah. they wouldn't do that. But uh, I mean, honestly, what would have happened to almost anybody else uh, other than a radical left Democrat or a Biden it, uh, this is years and years of putting people in place. That's all it is. But that was extortion and at a high level. And that's mafia talk. Yeah. And uh, just incredible. Well, you had that with the prosecutor, a billion dollars for the prosecutor. You have it in many ways. If that would have been said by me or somebody else, uh, it would have been a lot of problems. These people are sick and they're corrupt. And it's a shame. It's a shame. It's also the first time in American history cocaine was found in the White House. And for the first time in history, we have a first son who's a known coke addict. Uh, I guess the Secret Service is going to have a hearing about it today. Again, you've got a double standard. What do you think about finding cocaine in the White House? Well, first of all, I have a lot of respect for Secret Service, and I believe they know who it is. And uh, I think without question, I know that part of the White House very well. And uh, the only one that gets really good access is, you know, like family members and people, uh, cabinet members, where they don't go crazy on checking. So it has to be somebody like that. But, you know, I would say perhaps, of course, you know, who knows? But I think perhaps it was a hunter deal and they left it for him and he forgot to pick it up, just like he forgot to pick up the computer. (laughs) Yes. Could have picked up his computer. They called him many times, pick up your computer, pick it up, and now they're all suing each other, right? Yeah, exactly. The fact is that computer, the the laptop from hell, Yeah. uh, please pick it up, and he didn't do it. Well, he didn't pick up the cocaine either, so it could have been that. I think that... uh, I think that they know exactly who it was, but it sounds like it was left there for somebody to pick up. And I would think it was Hunter, and I think didn't they travel off to the... They said they weren't there that day, yeah. but they were. Yeah. And I think they then left right around that time. They left for the uh, for Camp David. So I would say that this could be a rerun of the laptop from hell because he didn't pick that up, wouldn't pick it up, and I think maybe he didn't pick up the cocaine too and feed a little bit of his father to give him energy. Now, of course, that's just <laughs> supposition. Yes, Who course. would ever think a thing like that could no, happen? No, never, never. But, uh, 
I don't think it's very bad supposition, I have to tell you. Now, the hearings were about the weaponization of the federal government, also a massive government censorship machine. I was a victim of it. Conservatives were a victim of it. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Did you have any idea that it was this extensive, the censorship campaign and the and the anti-Trump campaign that was going on while you were the president? And also, do you believe that the government was involved in getting you kicked off of Twitter and Facebook and others? Yes, I do. I think so. And... Uh, you know, it goes deep. This is Clinton. This is Bush, rhinos. This is a lot of people, Obama, Biden. But these are a lot of people that have been put in place. Yeah, I do. I believe that 100%. I believe that. I don't believe it. I know it. If you take a look at what came out, much more so than yesterday, you just look at Twitter files and you look at what happened with the FBI and Twitter, where they were literally telling them what to do. And by the way, I don't know if people don't realize, but that's a big deal. Uh, it amounted to... 17 points in the election, according to uh, some of the good pollsters, McLaughlin, Fabrizio. He's talking about 17 points. So cut that in half and cut that in half. Yeah. You're talking about millions of votes. Yeah, and also you include uh, money from Mark Zuckerberg. You consider mail-in yep. ballots and all of the things that they did during the 2020 election. And most importantly, I remember the day after the election, I was shut off of Facebook altogether. I couldn't say anything about the election. And you think about all the things you could not talk about, that it was misinformation, Mr. President. Uh, that was Stalinistic in the way they did things. They declared certain things, you know, something you couldn't talk about. So it was called misinformation and disinformation. Yep. That's all they're good at. Uh, look, Rob, they rigged the election, and the one thing you couldn't talk about was the election. Time magazine cover, you know, they, they had to boast a little bit, and they went 25% of the way. They had to get a little credit for this, and they, if you read that Time magazine cover from a couple of years ago, uh, it really sort of said a lot more than it should have said. Uh, but the Republicans don't do what they have to do, and uh, the judges, frankly, were afraid. Bill Barr was a coward. He was uh, afraid to do what he had to do. And the current people aren't doing it. They're protecting, they're protecting their own, and they know exactly what went on. This was a rigged election, yeah. uh, the likes of which you didn't have in third-world countries. It was 100% rigged. And all the proof is there. Go up in Wisconsin. Take a look at Wisconsin, what they found. Take a look at other places, what they found. And anybody that wants to talk about it, they leave them alone. You know why? They don't want to talk about it. People went before January 6th when they said the election was rigged. They said, get out of here. We don't want to talk. They don't want to talk about anytime you want to talk yeah. about a rigged election, they send you back home. They want the guys, the stupid ones, the weak ones that say, oh, well, I made such a mistake in saying it was rigged. Well, proof builds up all the time. When you look at truth to vote, when you look at all of the things that have come out, if you don't even look at all of the scamming, all of the ballot stuffing and all of the horrible things that took place, if you only, Rob, look to the modern day over the last few months and all that came out with the FBI and the DOJ controlling Twitter and Facebook and, and, and literally having absolute control, we're not talking about a little bit, we're talking about a lot. Only say bad about Trump, only say good about Biden, and it amounted to millions of votes. But, and you don't even have to go back into all of the other things. But all of the other things are there in addition. No, this was a third-world election. And we ought to go back to paper ballots. And we ought to go back to voter ID and same-day elections. And you'll end up having honest elections again. I agree. Do you, uh, and I saw you hint this uh, earlier this week, do you think that Joe Biden will make it through the primaries, uh, let alone uh, another term in office at this point? 
Personally, I'd like to see him. I don't see it. I mean, I watch this guy. And, you know, I was much more respectful to him and to the office until they indicted me. They indicted their primary opponent, who's leading by 50 points. And uh, they indicted, nobody believes it, over nonsense, over absolute nonsense, that Presidential Records Act. It's not even a criminal thing. And they don't use that, though. You know, they don't refer to that. They refer to something that doesn't pertain. But, you know, it's uh, when they do that, then the gloves are off. Look, we have a corrupt president. He's corrupt. Yeah. He's a stone-cold thief. He's an extortionist. And his son is, is, you know, is the one that's doing it. When you hear that statement that you just read to me, and I've heard, I've heard just as bad as that and worse, you know, you could read them all day long. Uh, it's, it's, that's a crime family, and there's nothing being done about it. Um, Ron DeSantis uh, appears to not be gaining a lot of traction, and um, uh, I'm I'm wondering what the reason of that is. I think that uh, part of it is that this year, sir, and this is what I've been saying, that you aren't a candidate this year. You're a movement. The MAGA movement is a movement, and the other candidates are candidates. Uh, and I don't believe that anything that Ron DeSantis or anyone can do are going to keep them from voting for you. You've used the word retribution. I am your retribution. I understand what that that is because I see the abuses that we've been through by this government, particularly the last three years. So, what do you have to say about uh, the other candidates, and also what is your your idea of retribution that you think Americans want? Well, Ron suffers from a very, very serious and probably incurable disease. Okay, he's got no personality, <laughs> and when you have no personality as a politician, historically, it's not a good thing. Historically, yeah. now. There have been some they got through, but uh, this guy, you know, he came to me begging for my support, tears in the eyes. He was at three. He was dead to Adam Putnam. He was the secretary of agriculture in Florida, and uh, he was absolutely dead. He was like 30 or 40 points behind. And because he fought a little bit, yeah, not the best. Jim Jordan was a lot better. A lot of them were a lot better. But he was a guy that fought on impeachment hoax number one and impeachment hoax number two and some of the other hoaxes. You know, he'd be on television a little bit. So I figured, what the hell? I didn't know Adam Putnam. So I endorsed him. And he went from losing, uh, you know, resoundingly. It was yeah. over. He was looking for jobs. He was out because he was out of Congress. He was running for governor. He, he was a bad candidate. I didn't think about it then, you know, because it wasn't uh, I had other things in my mind. Like uh, China, Russia, and survival, okay? Yes. I had those in probably those orders. But uh, if you look at the economy, which we had the greatest economy in history. So anyway, so I endorsed him, and he became like a rocket ship. And he won easily the nomination. And then after he won the nomination, we had to get through uh, the big star of the party. You know who I'm talking about. Turned out to be a crackhead. (laughs) But the big star of the party. And uh, he got through. You know, good-looking guy. He was going to be the next president and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah. we've heard of him. Like in golf, they say, who's going to be the next Jack Nicholas? You know, they say he's going to be the next president. <laughs> yes. and through, so what happens is uh, I got him through that one, too. So he didn't think he could win. He didn't think he could beat the Democrat, actually. Yeah. And he certainly didn't think he could get the nomination. I actually told him, you're so far behind. I don't know. I think we could bring Abraham Lincoln and George Washington back to endorse you. But I endorsed him. He said, no, if you endorse me, I'll win, sir. If you endorse me. So I said, you know what, Ron? Let's give it a shot. And I endorsed him, and he went up 
like, you know, he won in a landslide. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And Putnam was leading by like 35 points, and he had $30 million in cash. Ron was way down in the basement. He was last, and he had no money. So I got him in, and that's okay. Three years later, they're screaming at him, will you run? Will you run against the president? And he says, I have no comment. I have Now, you're a very smart guy. I do love your stuff. I think you're fantastic, by Thank the way you. you are. Thank you. It's humor in politics, and in politics you need a little humor. You wouldn't, Mr. President, you, God knows we need it more than ever. Well, you need it. You, need it. you have to look at things a little bit differently. Yes, sir. But, you know, uh, when he said, uh, I have no comment, I said to my people, that guy's going to run. I got him into office. You know, some people I help. Yeah. I'm almost at 99% on endorsements for the Republicans. If I endorse somebody, they win. Almost 98.6. That's if yeah. you don't have COVID, yeah. you're at 98.6. Okay? If you have COVID, you got a different kind of a problem, right? Yeah. But 98.6. So almost 99%. And I endorse him, he gets in, and I say, I can't believe it, you know, because I'm, I'm, maybe I'm old-fashioned, but yeah. I believe loyalty is an important Exactly. Thing. Now, were you prepared? came tears in his eyes, begging for an endorsement. I give it to him. He gets the governorship. He did just fine. He, by the way, he locked down Florida and everything. You know, like, yeah. dead, like yeah, he didn't lock it down. He locked down the beaches. He locked down the, the highways. He locked, he was a big lockdown guy. Yeah. But he, he opened it up. Earlier than most, and certainly earlier than all the Democrats, who were really a disaster. I mean, they were just, just absolutely a disaster. But anyway, so he decides to run, and I've been hitting him very hard, and obviously, I guess, effectively, because yeah, I guess. he is down. I think, he, I think he's in trouble in 28 now. He could have... He could have had 28 very easily, and now I think he's in a lot of trouble. All right, so we've got more with Donald Trump coming up. This is The Rob Carson Show. Hi, it's Tony Marino, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast, your daily news bulletin of Newsmax's top headlines, along with commentary from our hosts and experts. You can learn more about all of the free podcasts, including Newsmax Daily, Rob Carson, and Jerry Callahan at Newsmax.com slash listen. Donald Trump says he's the funniest man on TV. Just wait till he hears him on the radio. It's the Rob Carson Show. We do have President uh, Trump, a, an interview, exclusive interview here on the show. And we're going to be having to uh, divide it into three segments. You've already heard the first one. Here is part number two. Let me ask you this. Um, you just celebrated a birthday, a belated birthday to you. Um, I'm uh, I'm younger than you. But when I'm your age, sir, I see nothing but a, a lawn chair on a beach and relaxing. You keep fighting. Why do you do this? Why do you not just uh, go back to business, uh, live the rest of your life, enjoying what you've earned? Why are you still doing this? I have a feeling, but I'd love to hear from you. So we built the greatest economy in the world. We had uh, truly make America great again, MAGA. It's, you know, I don't think we could have done a better phrase. Yeah. And we have a few of them. America first is ours. Make America great again. You know, we have great stuff, but we did a great job. We had the greatest economy in the world. We had a border that was the best numbers we've ever had in the history of our border, recorded history. The border was closed. We were taking in. You know, we're taking in 10 times more drugs today than we were three years ago. 10 times. Yeah, yeah. And hundreds of thousands of people are dying. And we were, if, if they got them in, they had a fight. They had a fight to get them in. It's like Evander Holyfield. They, he may be smaller, but I'll tell you. You had, if you were a champion, you had to go through Evander. You you were punished, yes, right? Yes. To get this stuff through <laughs> our area, you know, we built 
you know, Christy, this guy Christy was a loser. Yeah. Christy said 47 miles of wall. Well, it was almost 500 miles of wall, and that's reported by the by the groups that do it. But he says 47. You know, they say whatever counts said that mind. I built hundreds of miles of wall, fixed a lot of the existing wall. That's not even counting that. And we had the best border. We rebuilt our military. Yeah. Uh, we knocked out ISIS, as you know, and the yeah. two leading people in the history, in history in terms of terrorism, wiped them out. We did a hell of a job in every way, even right to try. We could get your drugs without getting, you know, that where yeah. they're going to be approved over a five-year period. But if they show promise, if you're terminally ill, you, you don't have to go to Europe or go home and die. And many, many lives have been saved. But everything we did, and we had a country that was never as hot as it was. We were breaking every employment record. If you were African-American, if you were Asian, yes. if you were, it didn't matter. Hispanic did so well, so well. And we, we were just knocking it out of the park. We were leapfrogging China. You know, China was supposed to yep. overtake us in 2018. That's for 20 years. 2018 is the year. We were leapfrogging them. They weren't even close. They yeah. were never going to take us. I always said, if we have a smart president, they'll never overtake us, even yeah. though they have yeah. a lot more people. So we were doing great. And then we had a rigged election, and a terrible thing happened to our country. Now we have the worst border in history. We have a horrible economy. We have inflation. I had no inflation. We have inflation. We have everything. We yeah. have everything. High energy prices. We were energy independent. We were going to make so much money with our liquid gold under our feed drops. So yeah. much that we were going to start paying off debt and lowering taxes even further. I gave the largest tax cuts in history. Yep. I gave the largest regulation cuts in history just by far, not even close with Ronald Reagan. I mean, bigger, much bigger, much more effective even. So we had it going, and then they stole, they rigged it's so horrible. They used COVID to rig the election. Yeah. It's yeah. very simple. Can I, they did it, and, uh, and uh, you know, that's where we are. So... We can do it again. I can do it again. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I would long for that, but I really enjoy this. We have to make America great again, and we're going to do it. So um, the debate, are you are you leaning toward the debate? Because everybody who's calling me says, tell them no, do a rally, run it on Newsmax, you'll get huge ratings. There's nothing, there's no advantage to debating the guys who are 40 and right. 50 and 60 points behind you. Well, you know, when you go like Ada, I call him Ada Hutchinson nowadays. I call him Ada because he's weak. <laughs> yes. But uh, you take a guy like Hutchinson, you take a guy like Christie, who's not polling at all. He, he can't get elected dog catcher. He left, you know, he left uh, New Jersey with a 9%, it's actually 9%, 9% approval rating. And then he wants to run for president. He's, he's no good. And you have, you know, many of them like that, and where they're polling at zero. They had actually one guy zero, and the arrow was pointing left. That means less than zero. I'm trying to figure out what that means. Yes, exactly. You know, they, they, no, I guess it was a mistake. Or maybe it was, you know, because people vote three, four, five times. Yes. So, you know, they, there's no single votes anymore. So yeah. I guess. Okay, now we're going to have more with uh, President Donald Trump. We're going to do the third segment of the uh, program featuring the uh, the President of the United States. And we, uh, we're we covering a bunch of other of issues. And, and I apologize for the, for doing this to you. It's just that the President this morning, we were offered uh, 15 minutes. And uh, he said, eh, you know, uh, 15 minutes. No, no, no. We're going to go ahead and do a half an hour or more <clears throat> with Carson. And so... On the way, we're going to touch on a number of things, including uh, 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 what do you think about uh, uh, the upcoming election? Also, uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, uh, what... Uh 
<laughs> we're going to talk a little bit about Elvis, actually. That'll be one of the things we do. So if you guys uh, will hang on for just a second, we're going to continue the rest of the uh, of the interview with Donald Trump in just a moment. And by the way, we will be featuring the uh, interview and not only the uh, the audio of the interview, but also the uh, video of the interview on, uh, on my social media and on Newsmax as well. All right? So, again, we've got much more from Donald Trump coming up. Uh, we went a lot longer, and we didn't want to whittle it down, okay? We wanted to give you the whole interview. And I think you're going to enjoy it, all right? And, of course, it will be on the podcast today. Just go to Newsmax.com slash listen to hear it in its entirety. In the meantime, we will be back. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. Hey, guys, it's Carson. Imagine this. In the dead of night, you're lying in bed. Suddenly, you hear something go bump. What's your next move? Well, you reach for the ultimate solution. The new MC-14 T-Tip-Up Pistol from EAA Corp. and Gerson. This game-changing firearm is perfect for those with limited hand strength disabilities or anyone seeking a comfortable and user-friendly alternative. Picture this. The MC-14T features an ingenious tip-up barrel design, making loading and unloading a breeze. Say goodbye to struggles while racking a slide. Just load the tip-up barrel, lock it back, and you're ready to fire. That is pretty ingenious, actually. The MC-14T is chambered in 380 ACP, boasting a 13-plus round capacity. With its reliable stopping power and compact size, it's an excellent choice for personal defense, complete with accessory rail and ambidextrous safeties. Experience a new level of convenience, available with all EAA Corp. distributors. Starting at an incredibly affordable MSRP of just $498. Don't miss out on this game-changing firearm. Visit EAACorp.com today. EAACorp.com. America is still the land of opportunity for all. If we all come together for her, it's the Rob Carson Show. Yeah, and we're going to talk about that here in just a second. I uh, am sharing with you the interview we did with Donald Trump this morning. It is a full half hour. He normally only gives 15 minutes, and he said, Rob, I, I enjoy your show, and I want to stay on. So he did an incomplete uh, half hour of the program. We didn't want to interrupt any of it uh, by, by editing it down, so we wanted to run it in its entirety in segments. And here is the final segment of my exclusive interview with uh, President Donald Trump. What are you going to do to ensure that the elections are free and fair in 2024? What's the Trump team doing? I, I've heard hints of this. It needs to be done. And then I'll have one more question after yeah. that because I know you got to go. Yeah. The biggest thing we can do is swamp them. Uh, just swamp them. And then we have good lawyers. You know, last time I campaigned, I, I assumed everything was being handled professionally by people. And, you know, they got out snookered by the Democrats. That's the only thing they could do. You used the words before. Disinformation and misinformation, they're pretty close. That's what they're good at, and, and stealing votes. Because you can't vote. Well, you can't possibly rep open borders, no voter ID, high interest rates, high taxes. They want to quadruple your taxes. You know, all these things, bad military, woke military, yeah. a loss in Afghanistan, most embarrassing moment in the history of our country where we fled Afghanistan. You know, 18 months, I didn't have one soldier killed in Afghanistan. I spoke to the... Head person, Abdul. I said, Abdul, don't do it. Don't do it, Abdul. If you do it, Abdul. He said, but why do you send me a picture of my house? So, look, uh, we didn't have one soldier killed. Think yeah, of this. Yeah. Not one soldier killed, Rob, yeah. in 18 months. And then we fled like a bunch of cowards. Yeah. 
people that we have. And, you know, I want to tell you and your listeners very importantly, and my people can stop pushing you to get because you are a terrific guy. So we can stop pushing you to end because, the you know, they say, oh, we allow a certain. You get more time than others. Oh, you thank you. So fantastic. Thank you. But I have to tell you, we have a great military and we have great. I took out ISIS with a group of people that were genius uh, generals. The problem is we don't have our generals on television. We have our generals doing what they're supposed to be doing, not the television generals that yes. do so badly, the woke generals. Yes. But we have great people. Now, yesterday, as you know, Biden uh, broke. You talk about classified information. He told the enemy we don't have any ammunition. I know. Okay. <clears throat> what kind of a guy would do this? And one thing I just heard, and it's very interesting. So we sell millions and millions of hats. Make America great again. Trump, all this stuff, right? Yes. Somebody said. If he got 80 million votes, which he didn't, if he got 80 million votes, how come I've never seen a Biden hat? Have you ever seen a Biden <laughs> no. hat? No, I never have. Never you know, so think of it. It was the coolest thing. I said, as soon as you ever have somebody tell you something, I say, man, that thing is cool. It just hit you, right? I've never seen a Biden hat. No. You he got 80 million votes. I've never seen his circles fill when he makes a speech. He hates circles. He has to get press to put them in there because there's no people. <laughs> But he got 80 million votes. Yeah. Now, it was a rigged election, and it's a horrible thing that happened to our country. Um, yeah, and, and that's one of the reasons why I say when people ask me, do you think that uh, COVID was uh, was played up to affect the election? I say, yeah, because I'm not stupid. The same goes with the 2020 election. When somebody says, do you think the, the 2020 election was, you know, I said, yeah, because it's I'm not stupid. It's fairly obvious. The The other day you were in my, uh, near my hometown. You were in Council Bluffs, Iowa. I'm from a small town in Southwest yeah. Iowa called Neola. And, uh, and I think a lot of Americans know that D.C. doesn't care about them. What do you have to say to Americans who feel like Washington, D.C. only exists to enrich itself and its cronies, leaving the rest of us behind? What can you offer us, sir? Well, it's flyover country. And if you look at my uh, work that I've done for the farmers and for Iowa, that's why I say I'll never lose Iowa, because I got the farmers $28 yeah. billion dollars from China. Yes. Nobody else, you know, I, didn't, I didn't want to say with such bravado they'll say oh he's arrogant no but i got the farmers 28 billion dollars and i spoke to them they're opening checks that are very big checks because what china did to our farmers is a disgrace under past administrations and it was 28 billion figured out by our secretary of agriculture you know sonny yeah. Perdue, who's a wonderful guy yes i said how much is it tell me what the number is please tell me what the number is and it was Twenty-eight billion. I got China to give our farmers twenty-eight billion dollars. Wow! And I said, you know what's going to happen? They're not voting against me. So, I feel very confident in Iowa. I feel very confident in Nebraska and all of these places that they really appreciate the work that I've done. Yes. But think of it: who would even ask China for money for our farmers? Then I made a trade deal. Well, USMCA is phenomenal, replacing NAFTA, which was a, just the worst trade deal ever made. Yeah. And USMCA is so good that Mexico and Canada want to renegotiate it, and they're in negotiations now to destroy it for our farmers and for the American people. I made such a good deal. And you always know it's a good deal when they want to renegotiate it, but that never happens to us because we always make bad deals. I made so many good deals, but I made a lot of them for the farmers, including the big deal with China. But I don't even talk about that because what they did with COVID was so bad it uh, overrides any trade deal that I made. Now, I made a great trade deal, $50 billion worth of 
product. So, so you know, job. did you have a chance to see the new Jim Caviezel movie? I, I saw it, and I know our open our border is open. We've got children being streamed across the uh, border and sex trafficking and whatnot. Mika Brzezinski uh, said that it's not happening. I believe it is. Uh, what do you have to say about the, the movie and the, and the problem of child sex trafficking in our country, and what are you going to do to stop it? Well, he came to the White House when I was there, and I was very... Tim Ballard, yes. Yeah. A fantastic, I mean, the fantastic guy. They could actually give me a showing of the movie very soon. They're coming. But I hear fantastic things about it. No, it's a big hit, and I hear fantastic things about it. And, and it's it's true. Look, it's so vicious. It's a vicious world. Yeah. The way they treat people, the way they... Remember when I announced, uh, when I first announced coming down the escalator, I announced... Yeah. And there's rape. And they said, he said rape. Oh, yes. Well, now you look at rape. I mean, that was mild compared to what actually happens. Because yes. these, the women coming up in these caravans, it's like, it's it's carnage what's yeah. happening. Yeah. So I was actually very mild. Remember, they hit me because they used the word rape. Yes. Uh, the level of rape is beyond anybody's comprehension. So, you know, there are a lot of things. We're going to make America great again. We can do it quickly. We're going to open up the energy. We're going to use our liquid gold. We don't need Venezuela's uh, tar that we have to. You know where they're, they're uh, tar because it's very yeah. bad stuff. Yes. They got a lot of tar. You know where that's cured and where that's, uh, you know, I call it distilled. It's so bad. <laughs> yes. It's in Houston, Texas. Wow. And these are wonderful environmentalists, but all of that stuff is flowing right into the air. We have the best, sweetest, most beautiful oil right under our feet. And we're not allowed to take it. No. But we clean the oil for Venezuela. You know, we're making the dictators and dictator very rich in Venezuela. You know that. Can you yes. believe that we're getting our oil now from Venezuela, but yeah. we're not taking good stuff out of our own? Yeah, it makes no sense at all. Finally, sir. Um, we'll bring it down. We'll, we'll, we'll drill. We're going to make a fortune doing it. Love it. We're going to have energy again. We'll be energy independent. You know, three years ago, we were energy independent, and we were soon going to be energy dominant. We're going to supply Europe. But uh, they gave it up at the, the all-time high price. How about this? Uh, it just had hit a brand-new high, and they said, we're not going to drill. And, you know, sort of just the uh, – everything is like April Fool's there, right? You know, <laughs> yes. it's like this, yes. it's open borders. Let's not drill when the price is high. You know, everything. Uh, you know, people are crazy. Finally, you're, I, I watched your uh, presidential announcement in Mar-a-Lago, and before your walk-on music, I heard a song from Les Mis called uh, Do You Hear the People Sing? And uh, yeah. and that, to me, I, it sounded deliberate because I believe if you listen to what the, the people, the people are rejecting Bud Light and Target, the people are rejecting this woke nonsense DEI, the people are rejecting this open southern border, was that deliberate? And and I do you hear and do you feel that we are in the midst and the beginning of a an awakening in this country and a return to patriotism and saving the country? So I ran twice and I did really well first time and I did much better the second time. Yeah. You know, I got twelve million more votes. Okay? Yes, uh, a lot of people don't realize that we did much better. Very rare does the president get more votes the second time. Yes. Yes. People get tired. I got. Not only did I get more, I got more than any other president has ever gotten, both in terms of votes and in terms of increase over the previous election, right? And I will tell you, there is more spirit now. I was in South Carolina, you know that, yes. last week, two weeks ago. We had 80,000 people, and that's a real number, too. Yeah. 80,000 people. And you saw that down. It was, oh, yeah. It was in incredible. <laughs> yes. It was incredible what happened. 
And every place I go, there's more spirit now than we've ever had. And, yeah, there's something going on. There's something big going on. Because I don't think the people of this country are going to take it anymore, what's happening. Oh, I think you're right. I think America is fed up. And and 74% of the American people believe the country is headed in the wrong direction. I believe that uh, we can come together to save her. Mr. Trump, I thank you very much for your time today. It's an honor to have you on. I have one other question. And I just was curious because I, I had the honor of coming to Mar-a-Lago about a year ago. And I, I heard the music played. And I heard Elvis. And I said, the only way that Elvis is being played is if, if the president asks for Elvis. Are you an Elvis fan? Because I was raised an Elvis fan like you wouldn't believe as a little boy. I am. But I like his somber songs best. Not the blue suede shoes stuff. I yeah. think that's fine. Gotcha. But he's got some great stuff. You know, like Don't and Hurt. Yes. And, uh, you know, there are some songs that are phenomenal. But, no, I love Elvis, and people love Elvis. And Elvis, uh, metaphorically, is making more money today than he ever made. <laughs> you know? All right. It's, uh, Elvis was Elvis. Elvis was great. He has left. You know, they used to have to say, uh, Elvis has left uh, the arena. The building, you know, yes. They'd scream out, he has left, because the people were ripping the place apart. Yes. Well, uh, I, it's, uh, he, was, he was a great guy with an incredible talent, incredible voice, led, led a sort of a interesting life and a you know, pretty difficult life in a certain way, right? Well, I'm looking, forward, way. I'm looking forward to getting you back in the building, sir, and that building being the White House. Thanks for joining me. God bless you. Godspeed. God bless. Be safe. And thank you. Well, keep up the great work. You really are. You have a big voice and an important voice and a voice that people like listening to, like me. I like listening. So have a good time. Thanks, Rob. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right. There you go. There's our uh, our interview with Donald Trump uh, and a half an hour of, uh, of interview. And uh, we are going to I just feel it's important enough that we run it again in the final hour of the show. So we do have a lot of things we want to get to before then. We've got some testimony on Capitol Hill to get to today. More FBI testimony uh, and also reasons why um, why the FBI went after Catholics. And it's worse than you could ever imagine. It, it really, really is. And uh, and then also, Christopher Ray would not confirm or deny if Joe Biden is under investigation for bribes from the executive of the uh, Burisma Holdings. And uh, when he can either n- confirm nor deny, it means that uh, they are. Because otherwise, they just deny. You see what I'm doing there? You know, you, you just say, no, we're not doing it. But uh, but if because he said uh, he could not confirm or deny, the answer is fairly obvious. So that's coming up, uh, as well as your phone calls at 800-922-6680. If you have a comment on the Trump interview, that would be perfectly fine as well. You are listening to a Thursday edition of The Rob Carson Show. I switched. I switched. I switched. I switched to Newsmax. 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 Have you made the switch? You bet I did. My whole family switched. Millions are switching to Newsmax. You should too. Bulldoze the swamp, pave it over, and start again. It's the Rob Carson Show. All right. So today's been a pretty big day thus far. Uh, interview with Donald Trump, uh, three-part interview will repeat it in the last hour of the show because it's darn good, and uh, it's not very often that Donald Trump says, you know, uh, screw the timeline. And normally we give people 15 minutes. We're going to give Rob uh, half an hour minimum. So uh, if you missed it, we got it coming up. Um, I do find it rather curious that today the Secret Service announces they have no evidence whatsoever leading them to the person that the cocaine come from in the White House. 
All right, so we've got the number one coke addict in the entire world who's broken laws time and time and time again, is currently under a plea deal uh, for said gun charge, lying on a federal gun form, said he wasn't on cocaine, and uh, he's been featured smoking crack, doing coke for a decade minimum, including off the rear ends of uh, strippers. He was acting bizarre on July the 4th, and yet the Secret Service, and I, I, I don't want to malign the Secret Service, but I I'm going to tell you, uh, if you can't see the video, if you can't find the evidence for who brought a bag of Coke into one of the most secure places in the world, then I'm going to go to frickin' Fort Knox and clean house. Because if the FBI is this incompetent, then I should be able to rob them blind. Just go in wearing a, you know, if I wore a MAGA hat into Fort Knox, then I'd get busted. But it, it's honest. It's just it's laughable on the face. It's just bloody laughable on the face of it. And and I'll bet you anything. It's all about that plea deal in, in and and about that gun charge, because if he tested positive for cocaine, which I think he should do, and if by the way he has to, I would venture to say if he is going to accept that plea deal, he has to be clean. Now, cocaine apparently disappears from the system completely in two days, but it stays in your hair. So it stays in your hair for two years. Maybe that's why he's wearing his hair so short these days. I don't know, he wants to get rid of the evidence. But it really is. It's, just, it's, all, it's almost uh, laughable, nonsensical that you can't find the person who, who leaked the Dobbs decision. You cannot find uh, you know, uh, the, the, this with the cocaine, dear God in heaven. You can't find the pipe bomber. They've been doing that for years. What the hell? And the only thing, it's not, you know, you'd think that most people would be embarrassed by being called incompetent. These guys are like, oh, they're only calling us on incompetent? Well, at least not they're, they're not calling us corrupt. It, it's I mean, this, this. We have a two-tier justice system. We have a tale of two cities. We are the proletariat. We are the rabble. We are the crumb eaters. They are the foie gras eaters. And every every day that we experience this, uh, the more I realize that's what it is. And the only antidote is somebody in Washington D.C. who knows where the bodies are buried, knows the people who are going to be stabbing people in the back, the people who are in it for themselves, and not the and not the uh, uh, the state and the deep state. And, and the one question that I did not get to. Today. We did not have time. Is I, I wanted to suggest how he was going to vet people in his administration who he knows would serve the Constitution and his constituents, the American people, and not the deep state. So he's not surrounding himself with deep staters who are trying to destroy his presidency, like the last time. And they did. And they did. There's no doubt about it. His tenure as the president was unprecedented, and his uh, departure from the White House is unprecedented with uh, uh, two indictments that never have happened in history. And the only reason being is he's running for president, and they know they're going to get their asses kicked out of their jobs. They're going to lose their security clearances, and some of them, hopefully, God willing, are going to go to jail. And one of those people I'd like to see in jail is Jim Comey, and the other one is Christopher Ray. 
yesterday on Capitol Hill. He did not confirm or deny if Joe Biden is under investigation for uh, alleged crimes from an executive at Burisma Holdings. You know, the Ukrainian energy company, they paid uh, Hunter Biden uh, $83,000 a month for a board position. We also know, according to documents, that he was, uh, uh, Joe Biden uh, pressured the uh, Ukrainians to fire the investigator looking into the holding company because of Hunter's involvement. But here is uh, here is uh, uh, Chris Ray yesterday, neither confirming nor de- denying on Capitol Hill. All righty, hold on one second. From Burisma or any other foreign companies as vice president, president, or private citizen. Let's start that one more time. Did Joe Biden take pay- uh, payments from Burisma or any other foreign companies as vice president, president, or private citizen Biden? Uh, As you may know, there is an ongoing investigation being led by the U.S. attorney in Delaware. And and don't tell me, don't tell me, let me guess, you can't comment on it because of that. Appointed uh, by President Trump in the last administration that our Baltimore field office is working with, and I would refer you to to him as to what, if anything, can be shared. So the president is under under, um, investigation. I'm not going to confirm or speak to who is or isn't under investigation for what. I'm simply going to tell you. So he's not under investigation? I didn't say that either. Oh, dear God. Uh, By longstanding department policy and practice, I'm not going to be confirming or denying who is or isn't under investigation. All right, so you've heard the expression, wag the dog. That's chasing the dog's damn tail. Uh, I've got more audio from Capitol Hill and much more on the other side of this break. This is The Rob Carson Show. Like the show? You can help by subscribing and leaving a five-star review on both Apple and Spotify. It's free. It's our America. We built it. Courage. Freedom. Millions go to Newsmax when they need to know. Start today on the free Newsmax app. Newsmax is real news for real people. You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America. On air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. This, my friends, would be our number two of the Rob Carson Show. The uh, hearings on Capitol Hill with regard to the weaponization of the DOJ by the DOJ, by the deep state, they're continuing. Christopher Ray, the director of the FBI, under uh, questioning by members of Congress, softballs coming from uh, Democrats uh, who who are trying to explain away the greatest abuse of uh, of the justice system in this country in our history, in our history, uh, literally, and and it is extended far beyond the bounds of Washington D.C. It's hitting all of us because their their directives have been to shut down dissent. Uh, to go after people who would protest against the government or government policies, to uh, go after people who, for instance, after, after Roe v. Wade, rather than focusing on the radicals who are committing acts of violences on church and pro-life centers around the country, now in excess of 200, <clears throat> they chose to go after Catholics who speak Latin at Mass. 
They go after dads who stood outside of an abortion clinic with their son and were assaulted by a leftist. And then the dad pushes the guy and the FBI shows up at the dad's house with 20 armed agents to terrorize him. Everybody gets it, Chris Ray. You have zero credibility. You have nothing. You, are, you have nothing to explain. The only thing you have are things to answer for. This is Jim Jordan asking Chris Ray about January the 6th. January the 6th, which has been uh, prosecuted to the nth degree, everything from uh, people being near the Capitol grounds, the FBI using cell phone data from people who were just around the Capitol grounds to, to find people, to arrest them for nothing, to trump up charges, to imprison them, find them, destroy their lives, prevent them from traveling. I'll get to... Uh, through uh, Brandon Straka in a few minutes. Brandon Straka testified yesterday, and Brandon Straka, the guy who created the walkaway movement, was also the walkaway movement with a half a million people walking away from the Democrat Party because of all this corruption. Uh, his organization, his Facebook presence with 500,000 followers, was made to disappear completely. All of their stories, everything, gone. Don't you suppose? <laughs> that our federal government was involved, well, of course. The FBI could have used the same cell phone data to, like, I don't know, uh, Dinesh D'Souza did when he did 2,000 mules and he followed Democrat operatives going to Democrat campaign offices, then going repeated times to ballot boxes to drop off ballots. Could he use that technology? Could he use that technology? Could he use that technology to find the people who tried to burn down St. John's Church? The, the people who chased Donald Trump and his family into the nuclear bunker for the first time in our history could have used that technology, but somehow that technology does not exist when it's somebody calling the deep state and the left out for what they've done to destroy the country. One of the things the FBI did, they approached Bank America. Bank America, there were, there were people coming down from Boston to go to Trump's rally, and, uh, and, Bank, and, and the, the federal government wanted to get the bank records for all the people on a series of buses coming from Boston to Trump's speech. And you know what Bank America did? They complied. They complied. Here is Jim Jordan asking Chris Ray about that. Mr. Ray, did the FBI ask financial institutions to turn over their customers? You have the time to me. Did the FBI ask financial institutions to turn over their customers' debit and credit card purchase history in the Washington, D.C. area for January 5th and 6th, 2021? Uh, I don't know the answer to that as I sit here right now. Well, we do, because Bank of America gave us this email from the FBI to Bank of America. Well, rut row. I am aware that Bank of America provided information to the FBI, but what communications occurred between the FBI and Bank of America about it? Let's read it to recap our. You're the freaking head of the FBI. Why don't you know this? Morning call. Are you? We are prepared to action the following threshold. Customers transacting debit card, credit card, Washington, D.C. purchases between 1521 1621. That's scary enough. Yeah, yeah. But then the next bullet point's even more scary. What? Any, any historical, capital letters, all capitals, any historical purchase of a firearm. Wow. You guys asked financial, it's at least Bank of America. We think more. Yeah. Did you guys ask him? Again, I don't have the full sequence of the back and forth. You've got one, looks like you've got one email that I haven't seen before here. Um, so I don't know that I have the full exchange. You are so well, full of crap. Does this email trouble you as much as it does members of the Judiciary Committee? 
that the FBI is asking for every single, I mean, we had members of Congress here that week, first time they're getting sworn in as a new member of Congress, their family in town, and you're sweeping, and they may happen to be a customer of Bank of America, and you're sweeping up every debit and credit card purchase of their family who were in town that week because their, their husband or their dad or their mom is getting sworn in as a new member of Congress? And then you're also saying, wow. overlaying that information with, did you, did this person buy a firearm? And the question is? Oh, and the question is? I'm just nervous about that. Are you nervous about that? As, as I think I've testified before, my understanding is that our engagement with Bank of America uh, was fully lawful, but that we recall... What was the basis for it? Did those people, were they under, under investigation for a crime, or were you just gone a fishing expedition like you did at Mar-a-Lago? Like you did with surveilling Donald Trump's uh, pre campaign uh, transition team and presidency. How about that? That were cut to field well, If it's office. lawful, that's, that was my next point. If it's yeah. lawful... Why did you say we're not going to use these leads? That's what Mr. Jensen testified to when we deposed him, the director of the terrorism unit at, at, at the FBI. That's what he testified to. Why did, you, why did you not use the leads if it was lawful to get the information? Well, there are Chairman, plenty of... Chairman, it's one minute and 18 seconds over time. There, there are... Sir, there There's are, Jerry Nadler, the Nadler. Plenty of times where there are things that we lawfully can do, but that we decide is better that we not do. And yeah. I think that's what... Yeah, but unfortunately you didn't do that this time. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, uh, what is it, Jim Gossett's got something new here. You know, I know it's summer and maybe it's uh, it's hot where you are, but uh, I think a lot of people are looking forward to Christmas already. And uh, and Jim Gossett actually has a, a little song about that right now. I want to play it here. Freedom hey. is under attack. And, Director, a lot of Americans think you're part of the problem. I'm dreaming of a jailed Chris Ray. Oh, I'd love to see that. Into the slammer Chris should go. Absolutely. For his endless obstructing. Obstructing. And agent instructing to raise. Raid Mar-a-Lago. Yeah, they did do that, didn't they? Mm -hmm. I'm dreaming of a Ray indictment. And Garland. For letting Hunter off the hook. May the case against Chris be strong. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of nice to have a little Christmas in July, isn't it? There's the old Christmas in July thing. <laughs> All right. I want to move on uh, to uh, uh, Jake Sullivan yesterday being asked about uh, Gal Luft. Now, Gal Luft is a guy who was a business associate of, uh, of Hunter Biden. He worked with CEFC. And in 2019, uh, he, uh, he mentioned that, uh, to the FBI that the Bidens may be corrupt. And uh, and actually, he was uh, he was over. I think it was Brussels, and there were five FBI agents who went over. It's, it's 2019. 2019. This happened, and here it is, four years later. And Gal left last week. He put out a 14-minute video, and he shared it with the New York Post, and the New York Post shared it on social media because now social media uh, is not being uh, completely shut down by the federal government. And uh, Gal left explained exactly what was going on and how corrupt the Bidens were with the millions of dollars he witnessed from communist China and the Communist Chinese Party to Joe Biden, which uh, borders on, if not completely crosses, the line of espionage, 
And lo and behold, this week, charges are announced against Gal Luft by our DOJ. Isn't that funny? Here's Gal Luft saying why he called the FBI. I saw it as my civic duty to alert the government beforehand and give it enough time to probe the issue. I want to be clear. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I have no political motive or agenda. I did it out of deep concern that if the Bidens were to come to power, the country would be facing the same traumatic Russia collusion scandal, only this time with China. Sadly, yeah, yeah. because of the DOJ's uh, cover-up, this is exactly what happened. And here we are uh, the next week, out of nowhere, out of nowhere, where charges that have lain there for four years suddenly come out when Galoff speaks out. Here's Senator Ron Johnson talking about it. All right, let's try that one more time. Here is Senator Ron Johnson talking about that. Compromise Joe Biden would be. So he met with two prosecutors from the Southern District of New York and four FBI agents in Brussels for two days in March of 2019. Yeah, yeah. What's interesting about those individuals, one of the prosecutors from the Southern District of New York is the same prosecutor that prosecuted Patrick Ho, the, the Remember that? Instead of Hunter hiring a hoe, a hoe hired Hunter. Money launderer that paid Hunter Biden a million dollars to defend him. And in that trial, he prevented the name of Biden's from being brought into court. Huh. Also, one of the FBI agents was the same agent then that signed the subpoena from the Hunter Biden laptop. Oh, geez. So, you know, what, what uh, Mr. <laughs> Dr. Luft has shown is the same financial transactions, the, the millions of dollars, the, the $100,000 per month retainer for Hunter, $65,000 for James Biden. They both got that from CEFC, the Chinese Energy Corporation, owned by the Communist Chinese Party. Paid by CEFC. Yeah. He's got a wealth of information. They were on the payroll of the... Communist Chinese Party, de facto. I mean, you know, everything's owned by the CCP. But they never followed up on that meeting. Instead, they arrested him in Cyprus to silence him. They could have gone to Israel. He resides in Israel. We have extradition treaties, but they instead arrest him in Cyprus. Now, he, he's literally fleeing for his life right now. He, he's, he's on the run. Yeah. Uh, now, how many people do you suppose would invite the FBI to come over so you could charge them? And if, if there were indeed these, uh, these charges against him pending, why didn't they just arrest him there? Instead of waiting for four years until he spoke out to finally issue charges against him. And it's like everything. I mean, uh, they, they, they made up 37 charges out of a wholesale raid of Mar-a-Lago, unprecedented in American history, to have the home of a former president raided by the FBI, even though the president has the capability to declassify documents. And, and there should be no question about this whatsoever. But because they did a blanket search warrant, which is what they do, which is what the FBI tried to do with bank records of people who were in Washington, D.C. on January the 6th. They do a blank search warrant, and what they do is they find the man, then they show you the crime, and they'll find anything. They will find anything to take you down. Maybe it's something you bought a few years ago when you're looking at their Bank America records. Maybe it's something you wrote off in 2007 that they can uh, use as a cudgel to, uh, to fine or break you. That's what they want to do with the, uh, with the IRS. That's what the 87,000 IRS agents is all about. It is, uh, it is just 
quite breathtaking. I'm so glad that uh, this is coming out. Coming up, Rob Schmidt on Newsmax delivered a, a stellar monologue about Gal Luft and, uh, and the dual system of justice in the country. Here's the number if you want to chime in. It's 800-922-6680 on The Rob Carson Show. Back in a few. FBI, DHS, IRS, CDC, HHS, all complete BS. It's the Rob Carson Show. Fugitive, former Israeli army officer and co-director of a Maryland think tank, is under federal indictment tonight. Gal Luft is charged with acting as an unregistered foreign agent, trafficking in arms, violating U.S. sanctions against Iran, and making false statements to federal agents. Sounds a whole lot like a bunch of made-up charges, kind of like that they did with Donald Trump raiding Mar-a-Lago. Gal Luft called the FBI because he was an associate of Joe Biden way back in 2019 and said, hey, 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 just wanted you to know, Joe Biden and uh, Hunter getting a whole lot of money from communist China. If he's going to be elected president, I have a real fear that he's going to be he's compromised and he will represent that government and they went and met with him in brussels nothing happened and nothing happened and nothing happened he was never called to testify he was never called again by the fbi until last week when the fbi came up with these charges after galuft shared a video of his experience on social media this is our uh doj this is our FBI. Rob Schmidt, who is uh, brilliant, he's on uh, Newsmax uh, every night at 6 o'clock Central, 7 o'clock Eastern, and he had a, a terrific monologue about this uh, this former associate of Joe Biden and uh, and the FBI going after him. Now, we have to say, we don't know whether the charges against Gal Luft are true. We don't just blindly defend people like they do on the other networks. And by the way, those charges shouldn't mean anything with regard to investigating Joe Biden. But even if they are true, how would that matter if his allegations against Joe Biden and the Biden family are so clearly corroborated by so many other various sources? Yeah. Why would that detail even matter? Yeah. Criminals can know things. Criminals can have information. Yeah. Luff disclosed during the Brussels interview that CEFC was paying 100000 a month to Hunter and 65000 to his uncle Jim Biden in exchange for their FBI connections and use of the Biden name to promote China's Belt and Road Initiative around the world. Now, that was corroborated by other people. It is true. It is known. Jim Comer found the bank records, shared them with us. We all know this. And the FBI, rather than acting on that information, sat on it and did nothing until Gal Luft spoke up and then created some charges to go after him to shut him up dear god here is uh, rob schmidt with all of the other uh, corroborations of gal luft's story in 2019 gal luft informed the doj that joe biden his son and brother were taking money from the chinese to push the ccp's agenda here in the United States. Yeah, yeah, we know that. An allegation that is treasonous in nature. Oh, yeah, there's that. The FBI sent six agents to Belgium to meet with Luft, who told them the Bidens had an FBI connection who was feeding classified information to Chinese communist officials. Many of Gal Luft's allegations were verified yes. when Hunter Biden's laptop was oh, there's found. there's that, the other thing. Yeah. Another whistleblower told me exclusively that Gal Luft's 14-minute testimonial that was given to the New York Post last week jives perfectly with his experience working with Joe and Hunter Biden. But he has to be shut down. That's the directive from the FBI. Here is uh, Rob Schmidt with a little more documentation of Biden corruption. Rob Walker, Tony Bobolinsky, and Hunter Biden's own laptop. 
with his own emails, his own voice, <laughs> his own text messages. Wow. This story is oozing, oozing with credible confirmation. It's everywhere. Yeah. And yet at other networks and a lot of other mainstream media sites, this is just a crazy conspiracy theory from those wild idiot MAGA types and the same DOJ that's working to imprison Trump for the rest of his life for mishandling classified documents says that this guy is an arms dealer. Yeah, and sure you know he what? Is. Maybe sure he is. is. Yeah. We don't know. But if he is, we'll report it before anyone else while reminding you that he's just one of many alleging that Joe Biden and the Department of Justice are corrupt. Yeah, and who are some of those people who are alleging it other than Gal Luft? You also have the banking records obtained by House Republicans well, that, that match his testimony as well. Area. Luft, a mild-mannered professor, has been running a think tank with a former CIA director for years. The DOJ has charged Luft with being an unregistered foreign agent. They claim he's an arms dealer. Gal Luft says he's never sold a bullet in his life. He says this is simply retaliation for his efforts to expose Joe Biden's allegedly treasonous corruption. And that would be uh, all the evidence would point that direction. Finally, a mic drop from uh, from journalist and uh, TV professional Rob Schmidt uh, chastising the mainstream media for for basically uh, trashing their existence. Somebody should probably the point reason for out it. to these regime shills that there is a mountain of evidence that the DOJ is corrupt in all this and has been covering up for the Biden's influence peddling. They should probably know that that's the real story. And that evidence is everywhere, by the way. Perhaps these talking heads would be a little more skeptical of this indictment if they'd been reporting all the details of this story for the past few years. Now I've got more on this, and then we're going to move on to some other things. David Marcus is a columnist, author of a book called Charade. He's fantastic. He's a new generation of journalists, and he's going to join us on the other side of this break. This is The Rob Carson Show. while we're expected to dine on the crumbs. To those who strove to deter us from our responsibility, you have failed. Time to send those crumb suckers home. It's the Rob Carson Show. Special guest David Marcus coming up in one second. I want to play the soundbite from uh, Representative Andy Biggs asking Chris Ray, how many agents, undercover agents, did the FBI have in the crowd on January the 6th? Please don't, don't distract here because we're focusing on that those who were there in an undercover capacity on January 6th, how many were there? Uh, again, I, I'm not sure that I can give you that number as I sit here. I'm not sure there were undercover agents uh, on scene. You, I find that kind of a remarkable statement, Director. <laughs> At this point, you don't know whether there were un undercover federal agents, FBI agents, in the crowd or in the Capitol on January 6th. I say that because I want to be very careful. There have been a number of court filings related to some of these topics, and I want to make sure that I stick with him what's in... I, I understand. Well, he has said a few weeks ago that the reason why the January the 6th tapes were not released was because it would unmask FBI agents who were in the crowd. So you figure it out. Honestly, I have never in my life seen so many people who know so much who know so little when it comes to testimony. It's remarkable. David Marcus, columnist, author of uh, The Char uh, Charade, also a Newsmax contributor, among other places that I've seen in the last few weeks, joins us on the Newsmax hotline. I got to tell you, David, it's a real pleasure to have you on the show today. Oh, thank you so much. 
Absolutely. So, tell I mean, before we launch into some of the uh, subjects of the day, tell me about you. Tell me about your background, because I, I, I wasn't all that familiar with your work until a few months ago. You, you, show, you were on Eric Bowling's show. But tell, tell us about uh, you uh, as a journalist and, uh, and, and a little bit about uh, where you're from and, and what you're doing. Yeah, so um, I've been a journalist for, a, a columnist really, for about 10 years now. Uh, the first seven of those I spent at The Federalist. I was, the Federalist started in uh, September of 2013, and that was basically when I uh, started as well, initially covering sort of culture and stuff because I came out of a theater background. Yeah. Um, I ran a theater company in New York City. I was an actor in New York City and stuff, and then transitioned into writing first about culture and then through working at The Federalist more about politics. Um, you know, at this point... Uh, I, I was briefly at the New York Post. At this point, I freelance. I mainly write for Fox News, um, the Daily Mail, Daily Wire, and sometimes Human Events. Um, and, you know, just sort of jack-of-all-trades stuff. You know, whatever whatever seems interesting, I, I sort of try to take a swing at. And I, I had lived in New York for 20 years, and then six months ago moved to West Virginia, um, Mostly, you know, sort of common story. It's not that I'm not, I don't want to drag New York. It mostly had to do with having a 13-year-old son in the education yeah, system yeah. there just being broken. Um, well, so that's I, it. So now I'm in West Virginia. I write my columns and, uh, you know, talking on the phone with you. What do you think about these hearings on Capitol Hill with regard to the weaponization of the DOJ, uh, particularly with regard to freedom of expression? And and I'd love to hear if you felt that the last few years as someone who was trying to, you know, tell stories from presumably the libertarian or conservative side. Yeah, I mean, I watched most of the most of the testimony of Ray. I like that, you know, that that clip that you played is really kind of the crux of the problem, right? Because... Of course, Christopher Ray knows if there was an actual FBI agent in plain clothes <laughs> yes. in the Capitol, right? He, he knows that that happened. When they say undercover agent, though, they could mean somebody that they're paying. They could mean somebody that's infiltrating a group. And it is a problem. I mean, the American people deserve answers to this. And, and what we constantly get, not just from the DOJ, but also from the White House, is well, there's an ongoing investigation. We can't talk about this. There's always going to be an ongoing investigation. I mean, that's what they do. They investigated Hunter Biden for five years. That's longer than World War II. Uh, so the American people need some answers. I'm not confident that we're going to get them from Chris Ray uh, without a subpoena. Uh, yeah, I, I think we're going to have to uh, have that because honestly, I've never seen anything like it. Uh, but I and, and it, maybe it's been the same for years past. Although I've been following politics for over thirty years, um, and I started from an entertainment, music, radio background, by the way, and comedy writing. So I can relate to the progression as you as you uh, grow, you know, grow, grow up, whatever, uh, become more wise with age, uh, and your and you know your passions change. But uh, but I, I've noticed that particularly the last couple of years, nothing ever is said at congressional hearings. Nothing is ever, when it involves uh, one of the uh, figureheads, one of the leaders of the FBI, the DOJ, Merrick Garland, or Chris Ray, no question is ever answered. Same goes with Corinne Jean-Pierre. The other day, uh, they did a little study. It was shared on Newsmax, um, and uh, she only answers the questions directly around 2% of the time. Have you have you noticed this getting worse when you see people on Capitol Hill testifying and, and being completely unplugged from everything that they're supposed to be in charge of? 
Yeah, absolutely. And it comes directly from the top. I mean, we saw an example of this from Biden just this morning, right, when he did his press conference with Zelensky and was asked by a reporter, Zelensky was asked by a reporter, a completely reasonable question, which was, how long after the war ends will it be before Ukraine joins NATO, right? And Biden, in, in a snippy way, goes, an hour and 20 minutes. You ask such ridiculous questions. It's not a ridiculous question. It's a perfectly reasonable question. And Biden does this over and over, right? He, he calls reporters idiots and dumb and, you know, you don't know anything, Jack. And that attitude permeates this entire White House. This entire administration and maybe the entire Democrat Party do not feel that they owe the American people an explanation for anything. Of course. Of course. And, and, you know, comic gold is uh, cocaine being found in the White House for the very first time in American history. This on the heels of Hunter Biden moving into the White House. This on the heels of Hunter Biden being uh, uh, the Hunter Biden laptop, Hunter Biden being kicked out of the military for cocaine use, Hunter Biden lying on a federal uh, gun purchase form about not uh, saying he didn't take drugs when he was high on crack. And so we've got the number one crackhead in America in the White House. They fight cocaine for the very first time, and we're supposed to accept that, uh, you know, it might have been some guys in there renovating the White House. Uh, what do you what do you suppose there, David? What are your thoughts on? Yeah, I mean, look, <laughs> maybe it was, but given the fact that, yeah. given everything that you've said about the, and that I've said about the the intractability of, of this administration, especially when it comes to to things involving Hunter Biden, you can't blame anybody for making that association. Of course, we're going to make that association, and it's all the more reason. For the White House to absolutely find out who it was. Yes. Right? And then they can say, oh, well, look, it was this person. It wasn't Hunter. I'll give you another another example that's exactly like that. Right? The WhatsApp message that came up in today's hearing, the one where Hunter says, I'm yes. sitting with my father and you better do what I'm going to do because I hold grudges. That, that yes. WhatsApp, right? Yes. Biden says he wasn't there. Uh-huh. This was July 27th of 2017. Yeah. He was a former president of the United States. Somebody knows where Joe Biden was on that day. Like, <laughs> yes. Joe Biden was in Sheboygan, Michigan, you know, giving a speech to you know, the Car Dealer Association. Then the White House would say, oh, look, he wasn't there. He was, he was in Sheboygan. The fact that they're not saying anything yes. like that leads me to believe that he was somewhere in the vicinity because otherwise it's easily proven not. Yeah. Talking to David Marcus, he is a uh, columnist um, and uh, and uh, Newsmax contributor, certainly. You did a wonderful piece on the tragedy of Philadelphia, uh, revealing a sad truth about our government. Uh, Kensington is a uh, an area of Philadelphia. I'm not all that familiar of, uh, of Kensington, but it is uh, essentially kind of a metaphor for what's happening in Democrat-run country uh, cities around the country like Portland, Seattle, San Francisco, Philadelphia. Tell us about your experience, David, and how it impacted you. Yeah, so I, I, I've done this a few times for Fox, where they send me um, to, to these places. And I, I, I've, I've done it in New York. I've done it in San Francisco and L.A. Um, and they're, they're all unique. I will say San Francisco's the worst. There's not, there's, nothing's close. The Tenderloin in San Francisco, I couldn't believe I was in the United States. But Kensington wow. is, is pretty bad. Um, really, just, just there's this new drug called Trank. Um, which, along with fentanyl and heroin, it's just uh, the moment that we arrived, we saw this guy laid out on the sidewalk. We didn't think he was breathing. We thought he might be dead. 
you know, we called 911, and the EMT get, guy gets there, and by then this guy's, like, sort of showing some signs of life. And the EMT, the EMT was like, who called this in? And I said, I did. And he kind of pointed down the street at, like, what do you want us to do about this? Wow. Now, the one difference is that unlike the Tenderloin in San Francisco, there are still businesses somehow here in Kensington that are, that are struggling to eke out their existence. Um, and, and so it, it, it seems like maybe there's more hope if we can find a way to intervene. And that's what always becomes the question, right? Because if somebody wants to sit on the sidewalk with a needle sticking out of their arm, at what point do we say to that person, no, you're not allowed to do this? Not just because it's bad for you, but because it's bad for the businesses in the community, it's bad for the community as a whole. As a whole. And we need to have a serious conversation about when we can do that. Yeah. You have a, a young son, and I, I, I follow you on social media, and I can tell that you, like me, are a devoted father. It, uh, you can see it in your eyes. I can see it in your eyes. I can see it in your posts. You, uh, being a father, I believe, I'm not trying to put thoughts in your head, it sounds like the most important uh, moment in your life that maybe it crystallized you as a human being. At least it was for me. Uh, but you yep. seem to be a devoted father. And, and I want to play a little uh, a clip from a guy the other day whose, uh, m- whose wife took the, his little boys into a pediatrician. And the pediatrician, this has gone viral, the pediatrician asks him if you identify as the opposite sex. I just pulled over uh, to do this video because I'm literally on fire right now. I just got off the phone with my wife, who took my nine and seven-year-old boys to the doctor today to get physicals for tackle football and school next year and all that other shit. The first, my nine-year-old son went in first, and the first thing this woman asks him is if he identifies as a boy, a girl, gender fluid, or non-binary. Now, have you ever been confronted by this in this culture with regard to, do you have more than one kid or just one kid? I have one son. Okay. Have you had this, have you had to confront this woke nonsense with regard to raising your son? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no. uh, About a year and a half, maybe two years ago, I ran a column at Fox News because my then 11-year-old son, his mom is also in in conservative media and very very active in the the sort of whole trans question. But so, so my son's very aware of all of this. And he was at school one day at his public school in Brooklyn, and they had them on the computer filling out some New York survey. Again, he's 11 years old. And one of the questions was exactly that. Do you identify as male, as female, you know, transgender, non-binary? And being the son of two conservative journalists, my son snapped a photograph of it, um, sent it to me, and I ran a column at Fox saying, like, what, what the hell are you doing? asking 11-year-olds this, out of the blue. Yeah, yeah. Right? This is a situation where it's like your kid has been showing these signs and you're worried about it and you want to go talk to somebody, so you seek it out. Yeah. This is just getting shoved in their faces. It's it's insane. I'm assuming this is why you moved to West Virginia, wild and wonderful. It's honestly a big part (laughs) of it. I mean, you know, it also... It's also just not... New York's not a great place for a teenager right now. I think, you know, when, when he was born... In 2010, if you had said to me when he's 13, you know, he and two of his buddies are going to take the subway into Manhattan, catch a movie, they'll be back by 8.30 at night. So I would have thought, of, you know, I, w- I wouldn't have thought anything of that. Yes. No chance today. No chance. One thousand um, percent. I, I want to ask you this because... Um, 
and this is a, a, apropos of nothing. Uh, but I did actually create a meme out of a, a, a screenshot of you yesterday smoking a cigarette while doing a media appearance. Um, and you, <laughs> I saw you on Eric Bowling the first night you were there, and you, you literally had a cigarette. I, I personally feel like, uh, you know, I'm not a smoker myself. I have an occasional cigar. But that created quite a stir uh, that you would be smoking. So I, thought it was, I thought it was fantastic. It was kind of like, you know what? This is how I roll. This is who I am. Take it or leave it. What sort of, because I remember the, the second time you were on after you did that appearance, Eric Brolin brought it up. Uh, what was the reaction to, to you saying, you know what? I'm, I, I'm here at my home. I can smoke a cigarette if I want. What's the reaction been from most people with regard to that? generally been positive especially from the right i do get a lot of you know i i, I assume sort of like mothers and grandmothers who tweet at me and say david you really need to stop smoking um which which yes i, I get it um some on the left have lost their minds media yes. wrote a whole piece about oh my goodness he's smoking on tv you know so that was, that was kind of hilarious i mean yeah look it's a thing that people do and i do feel on there was a funny thing that happened during covid right because Remember during COVID, if you were out and you weren't, maybe this didn't happen where you were, but certainly in New York, if you were out and you weren't wearing a mask, yes. people would go, mask, right? They'd, they'd yell at you. They'd give you a look, right? <laughs> Something like yes. that. I knew what that was like already from being a smoker, because it's really the only other situation where in a public place, people feel morally fine just like saying something to you. Exactly. David, can you hold on a second? Can you do one more break with this? Would you mind? I want, to, I want to hold through the break. Uh, David Marcus joins us, columnist and uh, pretty fascinating dude. Uh, more with him in just a second. This is The Rob Carson Show. If you're down with trigger warnings, you might want to listen to something else. It's The Rob Carson Show. It is The Rob Carson Show. David Marcus, uh, columnist, uh, 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 conservative, uh, contributed, Newsmax, New York Post, uh, Fox, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, is on the phone. And... Uh, uh, let me ask you a, a couple of things here. Have you seen the uh, Sound of Freedom? Have you seen the movie Sound of Freedom? I have not seen it okay. yet. Um, a lot of my friends have, though, and uh, have had, you know, mostly have had really wonderful things to say about it. What do you uh, make of, for instance, this, this movie made $40 million its opening weekend. Uh, it has been in the hopper for five years. People have been going after this movie and, and saying that somehow it's related to QAnon, which no one can say what the hell QAnon is, although there's copious uh, evidence of, I don't know, uh, uh, Antifa. Um, but the New York Times, the Los Angeles Times, Hollywood Reporter, all are not doing reviews of this movie the only people who have really i guess are variety i think rolling stone roger ebert.com and generally those are negative why why uh, why are these uh, these uh, agencies so terrified of this movie i i, I can't say I, i'm not sure that i can say why the new york times for example would choose not to i can't say what their motivation is in terms of if they're trying to protect people or, or not let this out. I will say, though, this is part of a very broad effort by the left to label certain conversations as ones that you're not allowed to have because they are potentially harmful, right? We see this with the trans issue, right? You, you're not, if you even, even talking about it will make people start killing themselves, and so we cannot talk about it. <laughs> I, it's, it's, of course, absurd nonsense. Yeah. And all that it really does is protect them from having to have a conversation that they really don't want to have. So, I mean, that's what they're doing, and that will be their justification. And it's really dangerous. I mean, I, you know, last weekend or the weekend before, I covered the Moms for Liberty event, 
And it's exactly what the media is trying to do to them. Which yes. Is about, like, they, 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 they like Hitler. It's insane. It's, but they use it to say, oh, well, look, you know, they quoted Hitler. So obviously it would be dangerous to, to listen to their perfectly sensible ideas, right? David, let me ask you this. How do we, how do we stop this? How do we stop this, David? Because I'm saying, here's how we stop it. We say no. They have no strength. They have nothing. They, they, they may think they do, but I say we say no to the nonsense. This is nonsense, David. You have to admit this. You're a father. Uh, you, you are a, a common sense conservative. You have to realize that all of this is nonsensical. Oh, yeah. No, it is. And you're right. You, you, you do stop it by saying no. And I think that there's an inflection point when these issues go from being somewhat esoteric to actually having an impact in people's lives. If you recall, six, seven years ago when the trans issue first started popping up and in, in, people, people in favor of the trans ideology would often say, come on, it's, it's like 0.2% of the population. Yeah. It has nothing to do with you. Why do you even care? Do you remember when that was a big part of yes. the argument that they made? Yes. Yes. Well, that's out the window now, right? Because, yeah. you know, probably a quarter of parents now, there's a trans kid in their, in their child's school district. Yeah. David, in their I, I, or in their I, school. I've got to wrap Thanks. things up. So unfortunately, we're up against a hard break. Thank you for being on. Please come on again. God bless you. Where can people find you on social media? Real quick. Blue Box Dave at Twitter. Um, Blue yeah, Box. Thanks for having me, man. Great conversation. All right. Blue Box Dave at Twitter. Let's take a break. It's a Rob Carson show. Hey guys, it's Carson. If you don't know already, I am live noon to three Eastern Standard Time on talk radio stations across the country and the replay of every show is available everywhere you find podcasts. Make sure to check out my TV show on Newsmax called Rob Carson's What in the World? And above all, don't catch the stupid. Stupid. stupid.